I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show, What Scares Me? Truly. I mean, truly. Now, I am answering your questions. I'll answer that one and a lot of others You sent them to me from all over the world, and some of them are kind of funny, actually. (laughs) You know, the past few weeks, I have been traveling across the United States of America from coast to coast, and I've been working on my, my new studio and workshop and experiment lab here in Vegas, and now I am back after a break from podcasting with so much to talk about. It may have been a break from doing the podcast, but it has not been a break for me. So I recently asked all of you to send me some questions about anything. Doesn't even have to be paranormal. Questions about anything that I could just answer for you. It's easy show prep for me <laughs> Okay, when I'm this busy. And you know what? I got a ton of great questions, and I will be answering a bunch of them on this show. I know it's going to fly right by, and who knows, maybe I'll extend this to to another edition. But listen, first off, I do want to uh, follow up on a couple of things that I recently have talked about. You know, I told you that I have this new property near Area 51, and that I am building a special machine there that is going to hopefully fulfill a special purpose and um, help us interface with some other dimensions. Okay, I don't want to get 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 too specific right now, but I'm really excited to announce that this project is moving along so well that uh, 
I'm actually going to be producing a documentary about the process. Um, and boy, you're going to be surprised when you finally get all the details about exactly what this is. Uh, but here's something that I would like to point out. A lot of people um, emailed me trying to figure out what I'm going to build there. And uh, some people have speculated I'm going to make a pyramid or something. And and it, it is true. I have thought for years about building my own giant pyramid somewhere out there on a piece of land to experiment with pyramid power. In this particular case, however, I am not building a pyramid. I'm doing something that uh, I'm creating something that has never been created before. At least not within human history books. Maybe some aliens have made something like this one time. But I just wanted to point this out because I thought you might find this was intriguing. Uh, because that so many people were talking about the pyramid thing, I started looking into um, the pyramids that are out there. And, of course, if you ask, ask the average, average person, what is the largest pyramid, uh, that person will probably say the Great Pyramid at Giza, right? But it turns out. Uh, the largest pyramid and the largest monument ever constructed is the Quetzalcoatl Pyramid at Cholula da Rivadavia. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, and that is about 63 miles southeast of Mexico City. This pyramid, this monument is 177 feet tall and its base covers 45 acres. Can you believe that? 45 acres, the base of this one pyramid. And, you know, Quetzalcoatl is just another name for Kukulkan. And, of course, I wrote this book called The Secret Wisdom of Kukulkan, which gets into all kinds of interdimensional contact, aliens, spirits, cryptid, psychic phenomena, all that stuff. You can find that on my website. But I thought that was really interesting that... um most people would not know that, that that's the case. So, uh, yes, I will keep you updated, however, uh, in, in a timely fashion regarding what I'm going to be building on my new property near Area 51. It's wild. Uh, and also, I want to mention that I recently did a podcast about the poor man's paranormal, how you can take household items and sort of make interesting paranormal investigation tools with them. And I got this intriguing email from that show that I want to share with you. It actually came from a friend of mine, uh, Ronald Heath. Now you probably know the name Ronald Heath because he is the inventor of the DT meter, the differential time rate meter, which I used to discover some kind of a time anomaly just north of Las Vegas a few years ago. And, uh, after hearing my show, he, said, here's something interesting for you, Josh. Poor man's radar. Poor man's radar. So, okay, let's see if you can keep up with this. He says, take an AM radio up onto a nearby hill. Listen to it and write down all the stations that you can pick up. And then go back home and do the same thing and write down all the stations you can pick up. Now, pick a station that you heard up on the hill, but that you cannot hear at home, and set the AM radio to that frequency. When an airplane or any large metal craft flies above the hill, the faraway station will reflect off of the craft 
and you may hear the station on your AM radio. He goes on to say, I heard this somewhere, but I can't remember where. Now, that sounds cool, doesn't it? So let's say, uh, and I, I can right now, I can just, I can hear Jason Sirachi scrambling for the supplies to go out and create the poor man's radar because this is the kind of thing where, again, you've got this, uh, you've got the radio that you used as a reference, <clears throat> excuse me, a reference point on the hill. And then you have the one at your house. And if a UFO comes flying along, then, or, you know, anything, not, ne- not just a UFO, but, you know, something like that, that, that's kind of reflective. Then in the background of your house, you may hear that radio, uh, start, start squawking or doing something weird. And you'll know it's time to look in that direction. So that's a really cool tip. See, that is absolutely perfect for, um, poor man's paranormal kind of stuff. So thank you for that, Ron. Really cool. Okay, let me dig into this pile. This is kind of intimidating. Okay, so let me just start uh, with this email from Doug, and he says, in all of your investigations, uh, he, he goes on to give examples. He says, at what point were you ever actually scared silly during an investigation, if ever? Uh, okay. Well, I'm actually going to go a little bit above and beyond answering this question because here's the thing. If, if we just talk about a paranormal investigation, then the first thing that pops into my mind was being at Myrtle's plantation. And you've probably heard this story. I spent a, a night completely alone inside this gigantic mansion in St. Francisville, Louisiana, where all kinds of terrible things had happened. And I was staying in this room, the General David Bradford suite, and that night, and I was the only person on the property. There were no employees, no staff. They gave me the whole place. So I turned off all the lights, and something started thumping on the walls of my bedroom. And I got this on videotape, and the thing that was the weirdest to me was that I was interacting with it. So I could ask it to thump here and it would do, 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 and then say thump there. Do, do, do. It was always thumping in threes though, always three at a time. I didn't understand at that time why that was later on. And I don't know if this is true or not, but later on I read that sometimes if a spirit only wraps in threes, it is evil because that means it is mocking the holy trinity. I don't know, again, whether or not one should believe that. But all I know is I was very, very alone on a big piece of property on a dark and stormy night. And yes, I had the night vision uh, on my camera, so I was able to see through the camera. It was my decision to turn the lights out because I I wanted to see into the infrared. And I tell you, it never did anything threatening to me. But if, if just being in a situation where I was in a room with an invisible conscious entity that was interacting with me. That was scary to me because I couldn't see it. I didn't know what it was, but it was, I'm getting goosebumps thinking back. I seriously, because now imagine this, you know, it's conscious, you know, it's real, you know, it's in your room. It's knocking on things. It's, it's, 
I, I even think it might have pulled one of my meters out of my hands. It had power, but I didn't know. I couldn't see it. I don't know what it was. That was scary. But you know what? That is not the most frightened I've ever been in my life. When we come back from this break, I will tell you about the most frightening experiences that I've had in my life. Um, you know what? All the time, I send free stuff to every single person who subscribes to my free e-newsletter. And sometimes some people win some really cool stuff. In fact, I'll tell you what one person won when we come back. Uh, but, you know, you get to participate in experiments. You get to work with me on um, all kinds of unusual projects. You get bonus content. All you have to do to be a part of this is go to joshuapwarren.com and then sign up for my free e-newsletter. Takes you two seconds. Put your email address in there. Hit the submit button. You will instantly receive an automated email with some free digital goodies from me. And while you're there, check out the curiosity shop. You never know what you're going to find. I have things you won't find anywhere else. Just remember that if you go to my website, there is no period after the P when you type in joshuapwarren.com. Let me tell you, the fun does not end when the show ends. Come hang out with us there, all right? I am Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. The Wizard of Weird will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. 
Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. One thing that I find really interesting is watching the results of doing giveaways because obviously I am always trying to teach people tips on how to manifest things. And so sometimes I'll I'll go through a period of time where I go like, look, I have these computer programs that will randomly select from my e-newsletter subscribers, my Twitter followers, and my Facebook friends. Uh, anybody, I mean, I can set parameters if, if I want to make sure that they are only in the U.S. or if it's going to be an international thing or whatever. But I mean, to a certain extent, it's totally random. And I said, I'm going to give away a prize. And, and I give away really cool stuff. And I think it's amazing that all of these people who listen to this show who are great manifestors, now they're all kind of fighting, right? Cause they're, they're trying to manifest to win. And it's interesting to see who's going to win what. And I think one of the coolest things that I gave away recently to uh, one of my e-news subscribers and fans of this show is something that I myself have enjoyed for a long, long time. It's an electric bathtub bubble massage mat. 
Okay, this is a spa, full body bubbling mat. It's got a thermal massager heater thing on. It's like basically you lay on this mat and it 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 blows all of these heated bubbles up all around your body, and you can put a little little scent in there, a little aroma. It's so cool and relaxing. I said I got to give one of these away to somebody. Who's going to get that? Well, wouldn't you know it? One of the people who, who, well, the person who got that, okay, there were a lot of people who won some cool stuff, but the person who got that was one of the best manifestors I have met. Um, and she lives in California. Her name is Crystal. And she wrote this, said, uh, yesterday the pipes in this old house finally got fixed and I got to use the bath massage spa you sent me. And I absolutely love it. I took advantage of the deeply soothed state to manifest more sales in my Etsy shop the next day, and it worked. I know I will be using this a lot. Thank you so very much. You're the best. Well, thank you, Crystal, and congratulations. And if you want to see why that she was so successful in manifesting stuff, Look at the stuff she's selling on her Etsy shop page. Uh, just go to uh, Etsy and just do a search for Amazing Charmed Living. There's no space between those words if you just search Amazing Charmed Living. And you can see all this like money manifestation stuff that she has. To me, I bring this up because this is more proof of how that this manifestation stuff works. She lives her life manifesting things. I have thousands of people all over the world who could have gotten that really cool thing. And guess who got it? She did. So I'm telling you, <laughs> this stuff works. It really does. If you just, if you know what to do and you take it seriously and you understand how it works best you can. Okay. Back to things that have scared me. You know, I think that probably the most scared I've ever been, and this is not paranormal necessarily, but I mean, I guess, nah, I was up on the parkway. I was born, of course, in the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, and I was up on the parkway one night at about, uh, this is, uh, it was near, near the Pisgah, uh, area, Mount Pisgah in Western North Carolina. It was maybe one, two o'clock in the morning. And I was hiking down a trail and actually there had been some reports of little people in the area. And so, so I guess it, it is kind of paranormal, right? But I'm going down this trail. I mean, there's not a soul around. I had a flashlight and, um, I turn a corner and there is one of the largest black bears that I have ever seen standing there. And he was not more than 15 feet from me. And he's just standing there in the trail and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and we were both frozen and i i'll never forget that icy cold like that that ice water down the back of fear looking at this thing and knowing i am helpless right now if this wild creature wants to run and attack me there's nothing i can do about this so here we were both looking perplexed and surprised I didn't move a muscle. I could hardly breathe. And after about probably 10 seconds, and that was a very long 10 seconds, the bear just turned and went crashing away through the brush and ran. And I was so relieved. That is scary because you don't know what a wild animal is going to do. In fact, when I was younger, I went over and visited one of my friends and he had just bought this pit bull 
And this dog was crazy. Okay. Very, very aggressive. And I really didn't want to be around the dog, but he was proud of it. So he pulls this dog out and the dog sees me and immediately just goes, I mean, he was inches away. He goes charging with these big chompers because charging right for my, uh, well, the family jewels is what we sometimes call those. And my life flashed before my eyes. And I'm telling you in a split second, if, if my friend was not a big guy who was able to grab that leash and pull that dog back, then I would have to figure out which bathroom to use at the restaurant these days. And that, uh, that made me sweat pretty. I mean, like animal stuff, wild animal stuff is scary because Again, that you, they're, they're very unpredictable when they are in, in an agitated state or they're scared or whatever. You just don't know what they're going to do. So those are not necessarily paranormal things, but you know what? Here, I wasn't really going to go down this path, but let me just, since I'm just sort of giving you some stream of consciousness in this show. Here's what really does scare me. I don't like to talk about this on this show because I've told you, you hear about it all the time. It gets crammed down your throat. I don't discuss politics per se, but I do keep up with politics and I have a lot of strong political opinions, but I just keep them to myself because you know, I'll tell personal, you know, friends and family and stuff like that, really close people about some of my feelings and I go and vote and do my part. And, but at the same time, um, that's not what this show is about. So I don't talk about politics, but sometimes I see what's happening in the political world right now and especially how it might affect things like free speech. And that becomes very frightening to me in a, in a deeply fundamental way uh, regarding the quality of, of our lives. And I think I'm most struck by this, this quote here. This is actually, and I, I may have brought this up before. This is one of John F. Kennedy's favorite quotes. And he attributed this to Dante's Inferno. So this is kind of like an interpretation that he got from something that was written in, in Dante's Inferno all those hundreds of years ago. The hottest places in hell are reserved for those who in time of moral crisis preserve their neutrality. So let me repeat that. The hottest, now this is like, you know, in Dante's Inferno, you have these different rungs of hell. So the idea here is that the hottest places in hell are reserved for those who in the name of moral crisis preserve their neutrality. And so that is... um that's a sort of a paraphrasing of a concept from Dante's Inferno that that scares me uh, a lot because I think to myself, should I be more vocal? Uh, I, cause everybody's too vocal. I think we have too many cooks in the kitchen and, and it, it's not supposed to, to have to be that way. That's why you elect representatives that you trust. So they are supposed to go out and handle all this stuff for you. Right. So you don't have to gripe all the time, but sometimes I, I, I really, I worry that maybe I don't do enough to, uh, to speak up about certain things that I see happening. Um, I, I have to balance that out. All the time. And, but you, as you know, I, one thing I will not back down from at all is my 
belief in practically unconditional free speech. I know you can't, you know, you're not supposed to scream fire in a crowded theater and that sort of stuff. But I mean, uh, if you're not trying to, to frighten somebody intentionally and like that, I mean, I think you should be able to give your opinion about anything you want. Um, okay. It's, uh, let's go on to next question. This is a lighter topic from Bill. <laughs> what is it with you and the hat? Because <laughs> as you may know, I frequently am seen wearing a fedora. Well, for one thing, I, uh, I think Indiana Jones was probably my favorite character when I was, uh, when I was a kid. So, you know, that, that helped a lot. But you know what? Here's the thing about hats. Uh, from a stylistic point of view, um, it's kind of cool to wear the hat because that, uh, it reminds people of, like the men in black, you know, it's sort of an homage or a nod to them. Or my, my friend, the late great Jim Mars, of course, he was always wearing the, 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 the fedora and, uh, he was well known for that. So I kind of think of that, you know, tradition, but, um, more realistically though, uh, what I found is there are a lot of benefits to wearing a hat for one thing. You know, I travel a lot, and sometimes if I'm in a hot place, well, it keeps the sun away. If I'm in a rainy place, it keeps the the rain away. I don't have to do my hair, which is great, because I got cowlicks, and my hair has always been a pain. I can gather water, use it as a container if I need to in a survival situation, and I, I think if I ever am in a situation where I just something goes wrong and I run out of money all I have to do is just stand there on the street with my hat out and magically I will have money again when we come back I'll tell you about well my feelings on the greatest mysteries out there I'm Joshua P. Warren you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network I'll be right back Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It also can expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. And after the uh, hat question, Bill says, but seriously, what sort of timeline do you think we're looking at regarding the full disclosure of alien life and their visitation of Earth? You are more in the know than most, and I value your opinion. 
Well, thank you very much, Bill. You know what? I, I, I really do think that they are here 24 seven. And, uh, you know, this reminds me of a news story that I posted on my Twitter feed a while back. It says, uh, this is from unexplainedmysteries.com. Future space pioneers could be flesh, blood, and electronics. Astronomer Royal Martin Rees has suggested that cybernetics could facilitate humanity's future among the stars. The human body is certainly not built for space exploration. Whenever we venture beyond the protective atmosphere of our own world, it's necessary to cocoon ourselves. So this is something I've been saying for a long, long time. And uh, I, you know, I made this short film about OUFOs in which I was pointing out from what I learned in Puerto Rico that I think a lot of these UFOs, UAP are so mysterious because they have qualities of both machines and organic beings. As a matter of fact, I am proud to announce that that movie, that short film, uh, which you can watch on YouTube for free, of course, uh, has been uh, uh, selected. Uh, it's, it's an official selection for the Fortean Film Festival in Gloucester, England, which will be, uh, I think, in September. So what an honor. How cool is that? Um, but yeah, if you go to YouTube and you just look up uh, O UFOs and my name, Joshua P. Warren, uh, surely it will come up there and you can watch and see what I'm talking about. You know, that's the thing, Bill. You know, I, I have said for the longest time that when I go out on a hike in the woods, I don't waste my time trying to prove to every squirrel and rabbit that humans exist. I don't care if they know we exist or not. In fact, on the contrary, there are times where I might try to hide from them. And I think that we are probably so different from, if not in, inferior, uh, biologically speaking, than these beings that uh, they they really don't want us to know that much about them. They don't care. It's It might even be advantageous for us not to know about them. I don't think the government knows all that much, really. I think the, the government gets bits and pieces of it, and they don't know what to do with it. It's very fragmented. And um, I don't think that we're ever going to have, you know, that moment when, you know, the, 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 the president stands up in front of the camera at the podium and says, here you go. Um, I, they may have bodies from Roswell. So I guess... If that ever happens, it may be more of along the lines of what you're talking about, but I just don't think they're ever going to do that. Even if they have those bodies, I don't think it's, that's too powerful, uh, to give up a secret like that. Um, so they're all around us all the time. You get glimpses of them. Um, I think the government has admitted pretty clearly that they exist and without actually just showing you a picture of one saying this is an alien um and I, and maybe that will happen someday but honestly i doubt you're asking about a timeline i doubt it will happen before we die if there is a time when that occurs oh yeah i don't think we're gonna live to see it sorry that's just my opinion okay uh michael writes what are some of the best stories of success with your curiosity shop items uh, in the same spirit as the podcast of amazing, happy stories? 
Um, what feedback of your creations makes you most proud? You know, this is actually a very uh, tough question for me, Michael, because I get so many stories, so many success stories every day that I just kind of forget them. Uh, I'm one of those guys that I love jokes and, you know, I've made comedies and I've, that's just something that I've always enjoyed exploring in life. And I, I can go out and I can learn like four or five jokes in a week and, uh, get them down pat, just, you know, nail those things like I'm on, on stage. And then a week later, I can't remember the, how the joke goes. Now I can tell you a lot of other interesting, weird stuff about what happens at <laughs> research I've done, but I'm not good at, at memorizing specific anecdotes. And that's one of the great things about having a podcast because that, you know, people send me this stuff and I read it to you and it's recorded there for some posterity. But I guess I have to say that the stuff that impresses me the most, um, is when people contact me and say, listen, I, I, I use these techniques that I learned from you and I hit the lotto because I have at least a handful of people who have won a lotto. And I know that that is, a, it reduces a lot of what I talk about down to, a very superficial thing, but still let's, let's be honest. Let's get real. People say like, I want to win the lotto. Like that's, that's a part of being a human. People have this dream of, of winning the lotto, even though if it might end up being bad for them, that's a reference that people use. And so people contact me and they say, and it could be, you know, they use different things. Wishing machines. A lot of people have used, uh, or I guess at least two or three of the people who've contacted me have used wishing machines. Not always. And, um, they contact me and they say, thank you. And I say, wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. And I'm thinking, oh, well, if you really want to thank me, well, why don't you give me a little uh, cut of that lotto winning there? That's good karma for everybody. But uh, people do ask me if I've won the lotto. And you know what? Here's the thing. If I had won the lotto, I would not publicize that. Uh, and that is because, okay, like, look, I live here in Las Vegas. If I'm trying to prove a point and I find something that I think's lucky or whatever, I have no problem going out to a casino and trying it. And I've hit a jackpot of some kind, you know, showing that to people because you got to give people some kind of like evidence for why you think something might be, be helpful and lucky. I have no problem doing that. But if you actually win so much money that you make the news, well, then the next day you have a whole new group of friends on your lawn and uh, you don't know any of them uh, or <laughs> you probably don't know most of them. Let's put it that way. And so I if I've won something giant using my techniques, then, you know, that's not something I would put on the show. But you can go and see, uh, you know, I win all kinds of stuff using different manifestation. Techniques. But, the, but the most valuable things in life are not necessarily money, though. You know, it's, it's your comfort zone. It's what, you know, being happy and preserving your health. And that's, that's what gets hard as you get older is just staying, staying healthy. So anyway, sorry if that was a bit of a bummer answer, but, you know, um, okay. Next question here. What's your favorite type of dowsing tool or method? You know, I like dowsing rods. Um, they're cool. Um, you know, I think all dowsing is just uh, using a tool that magnifies some small reaction that your body has to an energy and gives you like a feedback for it. So you can see that uh, you might not notice that change in your body, but it's expressed in the tool. Dowsing rods are cool. My dad, who is not a particularly, you know, 
paranormal psychic kind of guy at all. He, uh, as, as a land developer, would go out and find places to drill wells all the time using dowsing rods. But I think that probably I like the pendulum because uh, the pendulum can be really, really sensitive. Um, if you go to my website and you go to my curiosity shop and you download my ebook called Finding Your Magic, I talk about how to use dowsing rods and pendulums and all that. And, and you, you know, you program it, you tell it what you want it to do. And the thing that's really uh, intriguing to me about uh, dowsing in general, but especially with the pendulum is that a lot of people douse for stuff long distance. So let's say you you want to find where to drill for water or oil or whatever. You don't necessarily have to go out into the field and use the tool. You can sit down a thousand miles away with a map of the property in front of you and you douse the map and it still works the same way. So that makes me think that a lot of this is is definitely a quantum phenomenon. It's a non-local phenomenon that we're dealing with and you don't necessarily have to be physically there and immersed in everything. So yeah, I think pendulums are cool. Uh, all right, let's see. The Russell says, is there really a satanic portal above the white house? Okay. Well, you know, I was in um, this, show that uh, was on discovery plus last year um and the travel channel as talent it was called demon in the white house and so they interviewed me about my knowledge of um of paranormal stuff in the white house and that actually did very well uh, a lot of people watched it and i talked about how that president taft in particular was sort of terrorized him and his he and his staff were terrorized by this thing that they called the thing uh, i talked about this in episode 48 of this podcast it's called white house ghost that will surprise you and what i pointed out was that look taft was he was a member of a lot of strange secret societies skull and bones um, he was involved with with rituals and rituals are sometimes about opening portals, not always, but sometimes. Um, but I, I really do believe that any place that has as much power as the White House uh, most likely has some kind of, uh, well, it's like a magnet for, for both good and evil forces. And there have definitely been some first ladies um, who have tried intentionally to open portals there, uh, most famously, of course, being Mary Todd Lincoln in order to communicate with, with a dead loved one. So there, there are portals around the white house. Do I think there's a satanic portal of some kind? Why not? You know, I think, I think there are all kinds of portals and that's why sometimes people who get around that stuff seem kind of possessed. My goodness. I haven't even told you what the greatest mystery is yet. I will. When we come back, I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I will be back after these important messages. We're happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And Tony says, what do you consider to be the greatest mystery of all time? Okay, well, let me answer big and then small. The greatest mystery of all time is, of course, the creation of the universe. How and why was the universe created? I don't think we can comprehend the answer to that, but that's the big one. Next in line would be time travel. How do you manipulate this experience called time and go back and forth? It obviously can be done. But how do you really do it? I mean, we we have theories, but how do you actually do that? I am doing some time travel experiments in my new laboratory. Um, I've been doing them for a while, but my new laboratory is going to give me some benefits. I'm not expecting to travel like <laughs> like uh, Michael J. Fox. I just want to, you know, see if I can look back one second or forward one second. Just, you know, start small. Uh, I think the placebo effect is an incredible mystery because, hey, it works. The mind somehow makes things happen that are not explainable any other way. But, you know, when it comes to like more recent stuff, more kind of down to earth stuff, I've always been intrigued with the construction of the Coral Castle there in Florida. You know, I visited the Coral Castle a long time ago and, you know, this one guy Ed Leedskalnin, I think his name was. He, he just, over years, built this amazing coral castle all by himself, working often under the cover of night, and nobody is sure how he did it. And he left some really bizarre documents behind that talked a lot about magnetism and such. But I don't know. If I had to take a guess, I think he probably used, like, just levers and pulleys and gravity. But I don't know. I'm not sure how he did that. He He probably could tell you how the pyramids were made though um so that's a good one i would like to know exactly what actually hit tunguska uh i mean a lot of people say they think it's a comet but nobody knows um i'd like to know what happened to flight 19 that disappeared in the bermuda triangle you know i mean and then and then the rescue plane that went out it disappeared we've never found a trace of those um, you know, here's something that's a little bit more personal. Um, weird little story. I'll make this short. In 2010, I was in Key West, Florida doing a, uh, a story about Robert the Haunted Doll. And there is the Mel Fisher Museum there. Mel Fisher was a great, um, shipwreck retriever. And he found most famously the Atosha that was just treasured laden out there and so they have a museum with all his treasures and back in 2010 i walked into the museum and they had this some kind of like super thick clear case it was made of something other than glass i don't know what it was made out of some kind of super material and there was a bar of gold inside of it and just a little hole cut out just big enough for your fist to fit through so that you could you could reach in there and you could lift up that big heavy bar of gold and get your picture taken and then you could slip your hand back out and then they give you a sticker that said I lifted a bar of gold. Well, about two weeks after I was there, 
after hours, some guy went in there. It's on security footage. He walked up to that thing and he put his hand in it and he just took that bar of gold right out of there and walked away. And it looked like magic. And I have no idea how he did it. You know, I, I even called the police department down there and, and they said that, you know, they didn't know how the guy did it. it it's the eeriest thing. I, that, now that was a long, I haven't called the police department recently. So maybe I need to call them again and follow up on that. But when the last time I talked to them, they didn't have any information about how this guy supposedly, like you can see the video. It looks like he sticks his hand into this thing and like, like he almost like dematerializes this case and pulls this gold bar out that's worth like a million bucks or whatever. So they caught the guy eventually, but they never retrieved the gold. And so I want to, I kind of forgot about that. If any of you know, uh, like the latest on that, please let me know. Um, but here's something else that now this, if you're a nerd, if you're into like electrostatics and engineering, you might find this intriguing. This is another mystery. Um, my, one of my mentors, uh, Charles Yost, who owned this laboratory, he discovered something back in the 1990s, I'm going to say, which I don't think has been adequately explained. And he demonstrated this for me and his laboratory. And he was a NASA Hall of Fame engineer, but he had his own personal laboratory. Uh, he took a Wimshurst generator, which is a, an electrostatic generator that it sprays, you know, ions out of two kind of points, like metal points. And so here, here he was like spraying this electricity out of this end of this Wimshurst machine. But he had the whole thing set up with this uh imaging system called a Schlieren system that lets you see the movement of air currents. So maybe you've seen um documentaries where somebody lifts up his or her hand and you see all this like energy boiling off of it. That's a Schlieren thing. Well, anyway, at, at one point he was looking at the way that what was shooting off of these metal points was sort of making the air swirl away. And he discovered that there was this very distinctive, as he called it, coherent thread-like stream that was shooting out of one of these electrodes. And he found that it was not affected if he brought a magnet near it or if he brought a, an opposite charge near it, it seemed very stable and he never could figure out what it was. And so again, this is a very geeky conversation. Maybe I'll give you a special report and you know, we can geek out on this together at some point if you're into this sort of thing, but this may be some kind of a new form of, uh, of energy or a signature of a new form of energy that he discovered and wrote about the coherent thread like stream. I mean, what, what would come out of an electrostatic generator that you can see that would not be affected by another electrical charge or a magnetic field? That's a good one. Uh, but anyway, that's, yeah, I could, I could sit here and talk a lot about that. Okay. Uh, one more question and then I want to read an email. Chaz said, if you could have the definitive answer to one question concerning the unknown, what would it be? Uh, who is God? Who is God? Or what is God? But, you know, actually, I think that it's honestly, that's probably an illegitimate question for a human to ask, because, again, I don't think we're able to fully comprehend that. It might be almost like asking what color is the wind? It may be that we don't comprehend how to match up these concepts because they don't match the way we think they do. 
you know, it, it begins with an assumption, right? So I have got so many more questions. I'm going to be, I'm going to keep these and I'm going to read more questions from time to time on future shows, but I want to fit this in. This came to me from D in Tennessee. And she said, one of your podcast episode 77, uh, episode 77, uh, you mentioned putting an intention into a plain glass of water and then drinking it. Well, I tried the experiment and guess what? It worked so well. I was in a car accident back in January. Somebody ran a light and T-boned the car. So I got a lawyer and let them deal with the insurance company. I put my intention for 5,000 bucks, a fair amount. After all, it did break my elbow. So after I put the paper on the glass, I told the water it was good and that it nourished me from the inside out and that it was helping me get my $5,000. I would wait 24 hours and then drink it and then repeat the next day, etc. for several weeks. And I never forgot to tell the water that it was good. Then I decided to add a little bit more intention to the paper on the glass. I added the words or better. 5000 or better. Well, after about three weeks, my lawyer called and asked how much I would settle for. I told him $30,000 and we'll go from there. And he came back a week later and he said they had accepted my request. But I had to pay the medical bills that the insurance didn't and give them their cut for handling the case. So I figure by the time this is all said and done, I'll get about $15,000 clear. So that's three times the amount of my original intention. And I know it's because I added the or better at the bottom of the paper. And you're welcome to share this if you want to. Again, that's from D in Tennessee. D, I am sorry that happened to you, but I am so happy that this has worked out for you. And thank you for sharing that experience with everybody listening, because everybody needs a little help right now. What do you have to lose by trying what D tried? Go back and listen to episode 77. And now I want you to relax. If you can take a deep breath. (sighs) Let's listen together to the good fortune tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. 